You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Merry Christmas from Fat Dude Digs Flicks, and here's the naughtiness. is up everybody this is andy the resident fat dude of fat dude digs flicks coming to you recorded from sioux falls south dakota and it is time for an all-new episode of let's talk about um if this is your first time listening to let's talk about Thanks for listening. Really glad to have you here. Uh, Let's Talk About is an interview show where I am joined by a guest. We talk about their life, their loves, and a movie that has had an impact on them. This month, things are just a little bit different. Uh, This is a mini-series that I like to call The Naughty List. Um, And these are movies that um, I don't love. (laughs) And in some cases, I just downright loathe. Uh, but but the point of it is not for me to talk about how much I dislike a movie unless it's ready to rumble. Uh, the point of this is for me to listen to the guest talk about why it is that they love the movie. That's what's important to me. What's important, it's important for me to know, uh, you know, that, that somebody has good feelings toward this movie and just kind of understand why and i like to rewatch the movie too because maybe i'll approach it a little bit differently this time around um my guest this week uh might have them probably has the most appearances like i'm pretty sure jameson you have the most appearances on this show i think charlie is getting close uh jess johansson is probably right behind but yeah i think i and then you know because i don't count criterion break with this because those guys that they're my co-hosts but jameson i think you probably have the most number of shows it's jameson fifely the uh amazing uh west side yep never eat west side south dakota uh movie guy jameson (laughs) how you doing buddy Hello, hello. I'm doing well. Happy to be here. It's going to be a very interesting conversation, to say the least. <laughs> well, I think it'll be fun. I, uh, yeah, we'll 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 talk about the movie here in a little bit. The fun thing about having you on the show, like a lot, is that we don't have to do a whole lot of life story stuff. It's just kind of like <laughs> play a little play a little quick game to catch up. Um, then we can dive right into the movie. Um, so, Jameson. So, I think last time you were on the show, you kind of talked to us that you had you had the accident and that you were recovering from that. I'm just curious, how are you doing? How is everything going? Are you are you are you on the mend still? Are you starting to starting to feel better? Well, uh, luckily, la- or, uh, just a few days ago, I believe it was uh, last uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, was the uh, one-year anniversary of my accident. So, I mean, it's slowly but surely uh, better. I'm happy that I don't have to use a cane or a back brace, but I hate the fact that I feel like I've got, I'm a 35-year-old man with the back of a 70-year-old man. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I haven't, haven't been in an accident and I sometimes feel that way too. So I think you, you garner a little bit more <laughs> empathy than I probably do, but um, what's, what's the recovery process been like for you? Like a lot of physical therapy, I imagine. And how are things like kind of, where are you at now? You said you don't have a cane, don't have a back brace. Are you, this will, this will probably feel like an insensitive question, but are you, are you driving again? Or is that still something you're kind of like, I don't really feel comfortable doing that just yet. Oh, uh, no. Thankfully, I've got uh, doctors who have been very helpful. I had my driving restriction lifted and I make, you know, it's again, there are really good days. There are some days I wake up not quite in the best of uh, mood physically and mentally, but every day is something different. You got to keep moving and you got to keep working on what you want to work on. Yeah. You've had some more opportunity i would say probably over the last several months to kind of get out to the theater again how has that been for you have you enjoyed kind of getting to see more first run movies because i know during that that span of you know right after the accident you weren't really able to get out and do stuff but now it's like you know it, mm. is it is it nice to kind of have that uh i guess dose of joy back in your life well yeah it's it's one of those things that uh I mean, it's easy to convince a friend to pick you up to take you to see, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 or even Ant-Man Quantumania, but to be like, hey, do you want to watch Martin Scorsese's three-hour movie about, uh, you know, the Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, Murders on the Osage County? No? Okay, well, thankfully I've got my driving abilities back. I can go by myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. And like, you know, uh, things like, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the international films, if they come to your area, Hey, you want to go see anatomy of a fall? Want to go see zone of interest? Mm. Uh, might not get a huge <laughs> response on those ones, even though, uh, those are the movies that I know you and I really, uh, enjoy getting to see. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, the only problem is of course, my back still being what it is. I have to sit in the back row so that I can, get up and stretch every so often and yeah. not be that intrusive guy in the front row like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say though jameson if you do that you've earned it like <laughs> you, you could be that guy <laughs> well i mean on the plus side i mean nine times out of ten i go to an into a theater on a wednesday and it's completely empty so i can sit in the front row i mean uh, just last Wednesday, I went to a 20th anniversary screening of Love Actually. I was a 35-year-old man sitting alone in a theater yeah. with watching Love Actually. I don't know what that says about me, but I don't care. It says that you appreciate fine British romantic comedies, James, and that's <laughs> what that means. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh so I'm curious. I don't want to I don't want to dive too deeply into this topic because I know we will discuss it here in a couple of months, but I'm just kind of curious kind of in a general sense. Like over the last few months, mm -hmm. what are what are some things that you've seen that you have really just I don't know, maybe enjoyed the opportunity to get to watch are there are there any movies that we should probably be on the lookout for that you're kind of like listen, this is this is something really special. Well, I mean, and you know, yes, we'll be in a couple of months doing what we do every year, and it's going to be great. But mm -hmm. um, there are a few that I would like to kind of. I mean, most of what I'm going to say, I'm sure most of the people we who listen to us will probably have heard of. But 
Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, there was a really great movie called The Persian Version that mm. ran for maybe one week in Rapid City, and I was lucky enough to get in to see. It's a fantastic dramedy of telling a family story. I absolutely loved it. I can't wait to see more from this creative team. Yeah, I saw that was on VOD now, so I'm going to have to check that one out. I watched the trailer for it. It looked delightful. Uh, I'll be happy to hear your thoughts. I also uh, went and saw Bottoms twice in theaters, so that'll kind of give yeah. you a, an idea of how much I enjoyed that movie. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I, uh, the day that I found out that was available on VOD, I went ahead and grabbed it um, and watched it that night and watched it again like the next, a couple nights later. Like I just... <laughs> Uh, you know, and that was that was sight unseen. I just know that I like Rachel Sennett. I like uh, Emma Seligman. So and, and um, uh, the other actress whose name I know I will screw up, but who's in The Bear? Um, Io Adabri. Mm -hmm. She's fantastic. She's just great in, in everything I've seen her in. Um, and yes. I knew I was going to I was going to enjoy it. I just had that feeling because I liked uh, Shiva Baby. I liked uh uh bodies 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 so i was just like i'm gonna watch this and yeah mm -hmm. i loved it uh loved it and and had to watch it again um oh, yeah. i've come to find what is just kind of shocking for me it's like not everybody not everybody is on its wavelength but so there are some people that are just kind of like this is really stupid and i'm like well <laughs> what are, are we watching the same movie this is great uh but yeah i i well, love that one uh, and i, I got a feeling this... we're going to talk about that in a few months for sure no, oh, yeah. Well, we'll we'll leave it at that. But it's just it's again trying to find those satirical comedies in mm -hmm. set in high school. We don't get you know Heather's or Drawbreaker anymore. We get crap pumped out by YouTubers that well. I'll leave it at that. But no, Ugh, Bottoms boy. was absolutely hilarious. I'm pretty sure I annoyed other people in the theater with how hard I was laughing. <laughs> it's that kind of a movie. Like, it is totally that kind of a movie where you'll find yourself laughing at something, yes, it, and then people look at you like, and you're just kind of like, no, this is funny. What are you talking about? Well, and all I could think of was, like, I'm that I'm I'm De Niro in Cape Fear. If I'd have had a cigar, <laughs> people would just be annoyed by me, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else that really is kind but of again, your... like, I haven't laughed that hard. Um. Also, uh, quickly, I'll just say uh, Godzilla Minus One, one of the Ooh. best theatrical experiences of the year. Beautiful. I love seeing it on the big screen. It is fantastic. I have a feeling it is going to leave theaters this week, so I am going to try my best to get it watched uh, because, yeah, I... I planned to watch it uh, a week ago, but then had car issues, so I couldn't. I couldn't make it. Uh, so I'm going to try really, really hard this week to try and sneak it in. Uh, it might be just some random time. I'll be like, I gotta go. I'm going. I'm going now. I'm gonna go see this movie. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's 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 one I'm I'm really excited for, and I'm I'm hopeful that uh, I'm I, for me. I I just can't doubt that it's not going to live up to the hype. Uh, just because it just really feels like that kind of a movie to me, and I'm mm -hmm. I'm very excited to see it. Uh, yeah, this this one will be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad to kind of hear. I'm here that you, I'm glad to hear that you're back out at the movie theater. I'm glad to hear that you've seen some things that have just really kind of stood out to you. Uh, I'm very excited uh, for our conversation, mm -hmm. which I think is I 
think it's in March. I don't remember right now off the top of my head when the Oscars are, but a, whenever the Oscars are, it's a week before that. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. 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 So we'll we'll get to that. Uh, I'm trying to think if I have any other questions for you, like outside of the movie stuff. Any anything else exciting that you've been up to over the last couple of months, Jameson, that you want to you know talk about? How's your? Uh, have you done any more of your uh, your your script writing? I know that you'd worked on a pilot, um, and I'm just curious. You know, I don't want I don't want details because I don't want you just to spoil anything. I want us to be surprised, but. I'm just curious, have you had more more opportunity to write or anything like that uh, where you've gotten to, to work on these projects that mean a lot to you? Well, I have been continuing to do uh, revisions, 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 of course, working on that. And then yeah. there is a new project that I'm working on that I had to sign an NDA, so I can't really talk about Ooh. it. So sorry. Okay. okay. Maybe some other time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. That's that's good news. So I'm okay with that. Jameson can't talk about something. This is awesome. Well, very cool, man. I just think I I I think it's awesome that that uh I think it's awesome that you you keep writing. I think it's awesome that you're getting involved. I think it's awesome that you can't talk about stuff. That just makes me really, really thrilled uh, just to, to get to see you thrive in the future. So uh, I will be over here on the east side of the state uh, just cheering you on uh, forever and always, my friend. Well, I genuinely appreciate it. And no matter what, I will be here for our end of the year top tens, no matter what. Damn right. Damn right. All right, Jameson. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to just dive right into this movie. I want to I wanna get right to it. We've got to talk about this. Uh, our featured movie of the week is the Tony Scott movie from 2005. Is that right? 2005? Yeah, 2005. Yeah. The 2005 action adventure is what it's listed as when it's very much an action drama. I don't know. Anyway, the movie is Tony Scott's Domino. Okay, Domino, you're with me on the side. Choco, you cover the rear. My name is Domino Harvey. I am a bounty hunter. You're probably wondering how a girl like me arrived here. I'm here to ask you a few questions. What I say will determine whether or not I spend the rest of my life in prison. I'll tell you everything I know. Let's start at the beginning. My father died when I was a little girl. After Dad passed on, Mum was determined to move us to Beverly Hills. That 90210 world. It's not for me. What's it like to have the body of a 10-year-old boy? Have you had a nose job? No. In the end, it all came down to fate. That's Ed Mosby. The most legendary bounty hunter in all of Los Angeles. Why would a delicate little thing like you want to be a bounty hunter? I want to have a little fun. That's my best friend, Choco. He's always fancied me. What you looking at, darling? Nothing. <laughs> we may have been dysfunctional, but we worked. We were family. 36 hours ago, $10 million was stolen from an armored car. Don't even make a peep. Let's see you, Barbara. Freeze the tape. I sit down, first ladies. Where's my money? I can deliver these thieves to you. I will employ bounty hunters. No one could have expected what happened next. All right, Jameson. Uh... Domino. Okay, so I'm going to start off with a very kind of like straightforward question. Uh, in your own words, Jameson, what is the movie Domino all about? Excess. 
I would agree with that. <laughs> From the get-go, this movie is Tony Scott dialed up to 15. This is probably his most insane, over-the-top, visual, uh, ADD, sensory overload that is a kind of not really true-to-life story about uh, Domino Harvey, who was the daughter of Lawrence Harvey and kind of unfortunately had a really weird, interesting, tough life. And it got turned into a very odd, meta, insane film. Yeah, it's... uh, I will refrain from expressing my opinion for a little while longer. Uh, But Jameson, do you remember the first time you saw Domino? Was it something that you had watched on DVD or was it something that you actually had a chance to see in theaters? Uh, It was a friend of mine, actually. Uh, My friend Hmm. Scott uh, from high school, he was a huge Tony Scott fan. He kind of opened the door to me because, of course, I grew up watching Enemy of the State, Crimson Tide, the staples of Tony Scott's filmography, Top Gun. But I would say that Man on Fire kind of was a new chapter in Tony Scott's filmography, which then went to Domino, where you have this hyperkinetic, weird editing. You've got, for some reason, subtitles flashing back and forth. You've got the undercranking of the camera and just... Again, it's it's definitely an odd, insane movie, and I'm not sure, well, obviously it's not for everybody. It got 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. but it's definitely worth watching, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I think it is a movie that is worth watching. I think if it's something you haven't seen, it is something that is definitely worth going on that ride. Uh, what is it for you, Jameson, that makes this movie stand out? Why was this the movie? Because what we a peek behind the curtain, we wanted I wanted to make sure that Jameson came on uh, just so that I could have him on an episode again because it's been a long time since you've been on the show. It's been since the last top ten list, but you know we want to I want to have you back. Um, and so it's kind of like you know we'll have you on for the the naughty list. You just think of a movie that that. I don't like that you do like. Um, you kind of went through my letterbox, and this was the one that kind of stood out to you. Um, and I was kind of like, I, I was like, oh, that's a that's an interesting choice because when I think of movies that I don't like, Domino is not one that kind of like comes to the top of the list. It's a movie that I'm kind of like meh about, uh, but it's not one that I I think. But I did. I think I talked to you before that I don't particularly love this movie, um, and I think that was kind of surprising to you because i do like tony scott quite a bit um i even i even like spy game uh which i think is a lot of fun um and i haven't watched that one in years but uh you know the 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 older stuff like um uh the, the ones you mentioned crimson tide uh enemy of the state last boy scout true romance uh top gun i days of thunder should have been the one that i was like i even like days of thunder uh because i do really like days of thunder uh beverly hills cop 2 Beverly Hills Cop 2 is the Tony Scott one, uh, which also kicks a lot of ass. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I really like Tony Scott. Um, but this is one that I've always had a disconnect with. So I'm curious, what is it for you that that kind of makes this movie stand out? Is it that frenetic energy that really just 
moves this movie at a different pace than the rest of his rest of his films, or is there something else for you that makes this one kind of stand out? Well, I, I think first and foremost, it's the thing that as I scrolled through your letterbox, I mean, we tend to kind of have very similar opinions about movies we hate, I'd yeah. say. I mean, let's face it, neither of us is going to be championing either of the Boondock Saints films anytime soon. <laughs> Absolutely right. <laughs> but with Domino, it's just, it's again, a, a movie that is, goodness, going to be, it's it'll be 19 years old next year. And it's kind of, I would say, one of the forgotten pieces of Tony Scott's filmography. It's a very weird frenetic movie with some great performances and i mean when a character describes another character as a ferret on crystal meth and that's almost a fair description of the style of the movie yeah <laughs> you kind of have to roll with it it's i don't know it's it's very i mean let's face facts the plot of this movie is convoluted by stan uh, regular standards mm -hmm. But this is a script written by Richard Kelly, which, when you look at Donnie Darko and Southland Tales, this movie is very, oh, very man. much a simple plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's and that, I think that's the thing. That's one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about, is the plot of this movie really is very straightforward. Like, you kind of understand what's happening right from the get-go. There's a heist. Or, or, you know, there's there's something that happens. These bounty hunters are kind of hired to go after it, but then it turns out there's a double cross and, you know, uh, uh, the, the money is, is trying to be uh, taken. And, you know, they're kind of led astray as to who did it. And it's just this, it's this very, like, twisty-turny kind of plot. It's the little details uh, that are the ones that are kind of like, what? What's going mm -hmm. on? What's happening? I don't, What? And that's that's what I found myself doing a lot, like during this movie. And I was like, I just want to get through it, so I wasn't going to watch it, like rewind it and watch it over again. Uh, but I was like, oh man, it is just very. It the 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 general plot is super understandable. You really get what's <laughs> happening. It's those fine details uh, where it's just kind of like I don't know what's happening, and I think the style of it kind of. Uh, doesn't doesn't really help much, but that's mm. that's kind of my my stance on it. Um, I, I will kind of say, kind of offer an overall um, feeling towards this movie now. Um, again, I don't I don't love this movie, but it's not a movie that I instantly jump to when I think of movies that I dislike. Um, I think you're absolutely right. The performances in this movie are great. Kira Knightley's great. Mickey Rourke is great. Edgar Ramirez, man, I love him. I think he's an actor that just does not get enough uh, opportunity, like in the in the spotlight, uh, just because I think he's incredibly solid. Um, Christopher Walken's fun. Lucy Liu is great. Um, it's just all of these people kind of pop up in like little spots. Uh, you get you get Brian Austin Green and Ian Ziering, which <laughs> man, just. <laughs> I, I I definitely feel like they were in on the joke uh, because they kind of let that star persona of what a, you know, washed up 90s heartthrob is kind of, you know, turned into a little egotistical, a little, little too vain for their boots. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I feel like the movie is 
too messy for its own good and i know that that's by design uh i read a little snippet on the imdb trivia that said that this movie was supposed to kind of uh imitate how the bounty hunters that tony scott interview uh how they kind of felt uh because they were constantly on cocaine so the movie is supposed to feel like you were on cocaine and yeah i've never been on cocaine (laughs) But but I can kind of imagine that this movie is what it would feel like. I'd feel very unfocused, very just all over the place, uh, super jittery. I'd probably hear things. Um, yeah, this movie's it's just it's very stylized, very stylistic. It's a little too much so for my liking. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um Let's talk about those performances first, James. And I think this is one we can kind of dive into a little bit more. And I'll start there because that's something that I am much more, like, I guess, more more favorable towards than anything else in this movie. What performances for you really stand out in Domino? Well, of course, obviously, Kira Knightley does a fantastic job. I mean, yeah, it's, the, you know, you're giving the, you're given the impossible task of taking on a real life human being story who unfortunately passed a few months before the movie came out being only 35 years old and having this odd story of being the, you know, the daughter of Hollywood royalty who really didn't know what she wanted in life. And it came to the point where she was just like, well, hell with it. I'm going to be a bounty hunter. And here we are talking about a movie based off her life. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a wild story. Uh, one thing I like about her in this performance, like, I don't know that in general, I would buy Kiera Knightley as somebody who's tough. Uh, but I think she exudes uh, a real toughness in this movie that I totally bought into. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, as, as diminutive as she is and like, you know, uh, I guess kind of ingenue-esque as she generally tends to play. Uh, It was really cool to just kind of see her be this, like, badass uh, uh, who is not afraid to, like, really, like, get dirty and, and, you know, get blood on her hands. It was, yeah, I thought she did a really good job. It was fun to kind of read some behind-the-scenes stuff about this, too, because it was like she, she really had to act because there were things that she was asked to do in this movie that she was just terrified to do and she was like oh, okay okay um but yeah i thought she was i thought she was great um and just really uh d- delivers an energy here that i don't think i s- i really see in any of the other movies that she's done uh and i don't know that she's done anything like super noteworthy uh, over the last couple of years. I think she was in that Boston Strangler movie this year, but I have not watched that yet. So I'll have to have to play catch up with that on Hulu, even though I hear it's not uh, not great. So uh, who else, Jameson? Who are other people that really stand out to you? Or if you want to talk more about Kira Knightley, please feel free. Well, I mean, obviously, first, it's just the fact that she was kind of coming off of roles that were essentially more of the, you know, prim and proper I mean, even Pirates of the Caribbean, she really didn't get to get into the action until maybe a little bit of Dead Man's Chest, if that. But mm-hmm. again, it was nice to see her be able to, you know, go toe to toe with 
Mickey Rourke and Edgar Ramirez, which moving on to him, like I was stunned to read when I realized this was his American acting debut. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's he's great. Like I just I mean, I considering just everything, wonderful. it's just it's a fantastic performance. Well, kind of looking over his filmography. Sorry, Jameson, keep kind of cutting you off there. Um, the it's it's an uh, interesting filmography because he hasn't really had like a ton of opportunity to do much. I mean, he's been in a bunch of movies, but they've all been kind of like, you know, for the most part, lower tier. He was in Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, the Counselor is a movie yeah. that some people enjoy, um, but like the Shay, Shay is really <laughs> no, not Shay. Shay is one of his big ones, but it's Carlos. I think Carlos is the one that really kind of stands out. The uh, miniseries about the uh, uh, gosh, is that even him? Am I wrong? Is he not in Carlos? Am I? Yeah, there he is, right there. Uh, yeah, just. Uh, uh, that's the movie that kind of brought him to the forefront of everyone's attention. Uh, but just kind of getting to see, you know, this is where that started as far as English language uh, uh, acting debut goes. I just like him. I think he's got a real presence, and I think there's something uh, interesting in this role because he's kind of kind of tough, oh, yeah. a little like psychotic, but also like a little tender. And it's just it's a really good blend, and I think he handles it well. Well, yeah, I mean that's the great thing is it's just it's the unfortunate thing that we have great actors like edgar ramirez who unfortunately just kind of fall through the cracks when they really didn't get the opportunity that they probably deserved and i mean still work and just not at the pace that he should unfortunately who else who else you got uh i mean you've got so many great i mean you know mickey rourke of course but the fact that you have Jacqueline Bissett in a Tony Scott film, like, yes. I never would have thought in my life that was an odd but perfect choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she really kind of captures uh, the essence of what that character is supposed to be, just kind of like the um, prim and proper. Like we talked about Karen Knightley, she's, she's the prim and proper and... Uh, <laughs> money hungry side of of you know yeah. uh, who this person is and and i think there's a real definite definitely a real disconnect uh between her and her daughter and i think they kind of handle that well just by kind of showcasing how different they are as people you know until you get that moment at the end where it's like this but even then <laughs> the moment at the end where domino's swimming in the pool and she says i love you mom and i don't think if I remember right, the mom doesn't say anything back. It's just continuing mm. to go about the business. So, yeah, good. That's a good. Yeah. It's a good pick. She was a she was a really uh, uh, standout performance, and it's just like you said, kind of wild that she was in this movie. Well, and you've also got a random cameo appearance by Tom Waits, just in a drug-induced, mescaline-infused moment where he's kind of just randomly certain weird philosophical stuff which i mean it's tom waits we love tom waits <laughs> kind of like that seems like that's tom waits acting mo as he just has to pop up every now and again <laughs> as kind of like this random drifter type character or is it in the case of mystery men just some random inventor named a heller so that's fun <laughs> <laughs> mm. i mean it's it's just a crazy cast stacked with talent that you know talent that you 
kind of know and then just a few th people in between i mean delroy lindo is fantastic as always mm -hmm. and then the actor who played alf uh reza bossy i don't know of anything else that he's really been in yeah but he was great he was really great that was a that was yeah. a really standout performance uh and it's like it gets to the ending and you're just kind of like oh but you you feel for him uh and you understand exactly mm -hmm. why he's doing what he's doing but man it is a uh, <laughs> it kind of throws the whole movie on its head because uh yeah oops <laughs> we got a problem here <laughs> well and again like I, this this movie is a messy plot i mean when you've got mm -hmm mobsters laundering money through a casino that is in a armored truck that is robbed by dmv people who hand over num uh driver's license numbers to kids that end up getting caught for again and it's uh, only richard kelly could take something that would be very <laughs> simple and make it more complicated than today yeah, I, it's kind of funny. Uh, it, you know, I, I think when I realized that it was uh, Richard Kelly who did the screenplay for this, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> that, that makes a little bit more <laughs> sense as to, why, as to why it's kind of all over the place. <laughs> well, I don't know. It is the funny thing. Like I said, like, you know, Tony Scott is just a director that I've admired. You know, my friend kind of, got me from looking at the movies that he was known for to shifting stuff I didn't know. Like, I mean, for uh, talking with you, I also rewatched The Hunger, which I still think is mm. one of the best uh, directorial debuts of a director from that era. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a, a really solid debut. I didn't uh, necessarily love it, uh, but I thought, man, very assured, like just a very like mm. confident and and uh, I don't know, just the way that he kind of handled the direction in that movie was really elegant. Like, I don't know. I don't. It, it, yeah. But, but yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that's a fantastic, uh, very assured directorial debut that uh, really stands out, even though I didn't necessarily love the movie as much as I was hoping mm. I would. Well, and you just go through the fact that you had, you know, Top Gun, be you know, was a huge hit. Hades Thunder was not as big a hit, but it was still pretty solid. You know, Beverly Hills Cop 2, The Last Boy Scout was fantastic. True Romance is, you know, one of the few Tarantino films where it was done by another director and done successfully. Mm -hmm. And you have all these other movies from the 90s that fell through the cracks, like Revenge. Revenge is a, actually a pretty solid movie in rewatching it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. I like but Kevin Costner. I would say, like, there was that... Definitely, yeah. yeah. But there was that era of... From Man on Fire until Unstoppable, where Tony Scott was just like, I've built my career making solid competent amazing you know good films i now just want to do whatever the hell i want and i will make crazy movies and yeah i genuinely like this era of his work i mean man on fire is a genuine like hands down classic in my opinion 
Um, Unstoppable is a frantic, amazing, insane on your, you know, you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. It's, and again, like, he and Denzel Washington probably had one of the best actor collaborative, you know, relationships of anybody in Hollywood. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I really like Unstoppable. I think Unstoppable is a ton of fun. I have to go back and watch Man on Fire because I have only seen it once uh, and my memories of it are very vague and that was like just shortly after it mm. came out. Uh, so I know that I need to go back and see it again. I, I remember enjoying it, but if you were to ask me, well, Andy, do you remember what happens in that movie? No, I don't. And when everybody says how much they love Man on Fire, I feel like, oh, I got to go back and watch that because it just, it didn't, didn't stick out to me and not in a bad way. It's just because it was, it was happening. I think I saw it at a time when life was very busy, but it just didn't, mm-hmm. uh, didn't like, like uh, crater itself in my brain, the way that a lot of other movies do. Well, when you rewatch, we'll definitely have to discuss that, but getting back to Domino, it is, yeah. I mean, it's probably of this 2004 to 2011 era his messiest movie it's imperfect but i will say this you won't forget this movie i mean it's the sad thing that now whenever i think of mama told me not to come i think of tom jones instead of three dark night yeah (laughs) oh man Uh, let's 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 talk a little bit about this movie kind of like not necessarily in in detail like plot wise but I'm just curious, like, what are some moments in this movie that really stand out to you as something kind of uh, either spectacular or just so unique that it's hard to forget? Because I'll, I'll, I've got one, and I'll, and I'll kick it off just because. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off even mm-hmm. though this is this is your episode. Uh, I want to talk about that that ending scene at the stratosphere, and I think the reason I want to talk about that and the reason why it stood out so much. It's because it's like this movie is uh, based off a true story, sort of. And then you've got this shootout at this, like, stratosphere, uh, which is this towering hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, I've been there. Uh, I was there in 2003. Uh, Yeah, 2003. Uh, And, like, I I don't recall there there having been a shootout. Uh, at the stratosphere and i don't recall <laughs> recall hearing news later of there being a shootout i don't know so for me it was just kind of like this this didn't happen and then i was like listen it's a movie come on andy you know it's a movie uh and i but i just enjoyed how bonkers like that whole action scene was and that they would set it at i, I do like when movies kind of set these like damn near catastrophic action scenes at places that actually exist because it's part of you is like oh shit what if this really happened like what if something were to really happen there like you know and and this is this could dive into a whole conversation of like well yeah we live now in a post 9-11 world where yeah any uh land you know uh, uh uh place of prominence uh could potentially be at risk at any time but, you know, watching it in a movie, there's this, like, kind of giddy sense of uh, adventure, but also this, like, oh, God, 
what if this really happened? And so I think that's how I was sitting watching it. Like, like after I got past the doubt of like, this didn't happen at the stratosphere. Come on now. But <laughs> after I got past that, it was like, oh, but what if this did happen at the stratosphere? And all of this crazy, like, explosions and shootouts. I'm like, that's kind of, that's that's a pretty, that's a pretty good step there, Tony Scott. Good job. Uh, and and Richard Kelly, good job. Uh, but I, outside of my scene, Jameson, or even if you want to talk about the stratosphere, uh, what really stood out or stood out or stands out to you uh, as something that just kind of, I don't know, sets this movie apart from the rest? <laughs> well, we have someone who just gets their arm blown off because of a bad <laughs> cell phone connection, which I guess in the year 2005, I mean, in the desert, yes, that could have been a reality. Mm-hmm. Which, again, it opens with this, you know, scene where they go out to this tweaker, methed out mom's house and they toss her her son's arm at her, telling her to <laughs> unlock this bridge full of, mo- like, again, like, it's, it's mad libs of insanity, but again, like, yeah, like, oh, let's take a shotgun and blow this guy's arm off with two yeah. shots, like, <laughs> yeah. And, like uh, when that when that scene came around, I was like, "Oh, that's why he loses his arm." How do they <laughs> how do they take his arm off? How, I'm sure nobody has a machete. And then he cocks the shotgun, and I'm like, "Oh shit, I forgot about this." And yeah, like that was that was a moment that really was like, "Oh man, <laughs> this this that's that's why I can't hate this movie because there are moments in this movie that still got me very very excited." So. Uh, blowing somebody's arm off with a shotgun is certainly a, a unique <laughs> move. Well, and I would say that this kind of comes to one of the things about Tony Scott that he dabbles in violence in his movies, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, I mean, some of the most like gratuitous scenes in True Romance, in Man on Fire, mm-hmm. in this, like, but I would never say there was any like glamorization it's like holy shit they just blew that guy's arm off and ripped it off like and the same thing with the you know the shootout at the end like you see everybody getting gunned down and you see you know kira knightley pulling her you know pulling her team into the elevator to try to get them away from the explosion that is going to be let off and it's i mean it is a tough thing to watch but again like it's somehow like Tony Scott made, you know, repulsive, like you were repulsed by what's going on, but you yes. will watch it. Yes. Yes. It's, it's kind of his way of showing the horrific effects of violence still in like a poppy way that it makes it an exciting yeah. movie, but also so you know that there are consequences and repercussions for the violence. And so mm-hmm. I, I kind of appreciate that where it's like, you know, uh, this this shootout will change everybody who's involved. Uh, some people will be killed uh, and basically not that they will cease to exist, of course. But for the other people that, that that survive, they'll be kind of haunted with this memory. And how will they carry forth with it? So um, I think the movie kind of, you know, this might be me uh, connecting dots that aren't there. But for me, the movie kind of feels like after this, 
Domino was like, nah, I think I'm done. I think I think that's that's good enough. I've I've done my bounty hunter stint. Uh, I'm ready to kind of move on. And I, that might just be me misinterpreting that. Uh, I don't know what the true story is with Domino since I know that she didn't have a shootout in the Stratosphere Hotel at Las Vegas. But, but you know, I'd be curious to kind of know. I'd be curious to do more research on on her life and kind of how that story, like her story, really went or at least the the story that she's willing to she was willing to share it's a very unfortunate and at times sad story i'll tell you that right now it's just yeah again life isn't easy and when you know i mean the fact that they wrapped production and in between finishing the movie and it premiering she passed away i think she was 35 and it was a fentanyl overdose because Again, like we talked about, bounty hunters, and she mentioned this, like drugs were being passed around in order to keep you going and keep you moving and, you know, get you up, take you down. And it's just, it it's, wasn't an easy, it isn't an easy uh, area to go through for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, yeah, what are, the, what are the moments here for you that, that really kind of stand out? We'll We'll dive into that now. Well, and again, like, it's just, you have, I mean, I mean, the cast of this is just insane. You've got Dabney Coleman in this, like, a great, a fantastic actor. You've got Monique, you've got Mina Suvari, Macy, like, everybody, I would say, turns in great performances here, whether they've got just a small scene, like Tom Waits doing Tom Waits, or, you know, <laughs> carrying the weight of the entire movie on your shoulders like Kira Knightley. It's just, I mean, that final confrontation up in the stratus, up in the, yeah, you've got, um, oh, um, Stanley Camel, or is, is it Camel? I think Camel? so. I think so. You've got He's him the... as the mob boss. Yep. You've got, yep. you've got Peter Jacobson who, you know, of course, I think it was later that he got his role on House, but playing a sleazy shitbag lawyer to a T, because unfortunately that's what he was good is good at. Uh, he He's kind of like Rick, Ho- Rick uh, Hofferman. Like, these guys unfortunately get cast as slime balls, even though they're genuinely nice people, unfortunately. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it is, and, well, hell, there's a... There, if this doesn't prove this is kind of a product of its time, there is a scene set on the Jerry Springer show. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I've totally was like, oh my god, I forgot Jerry Springer is in this. Yeah, yeah, that was a <laughs> that was a wild moment. I'm kind of like, <laughs> oh, and it was a moment for me too where I was really wrestling with it because I was like, oh my god, this is awful. And then I was like, this is 100% accurate as to how an episode of the Jerry Springer show would be. Mm. So, Andy, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I mean, as two white guys in South Dakota, I don't think we can specifically bring up (laughs) what is talked about. But it, I mean, it is like you could have imagined someone doing something this ridiculous on a show where you had, I mean this was sleaze entertainment through the nineties and two thousands and it went after everything. And so like this felt like, yeah, again, a product of that era, but it's like, yeah, that, that, that would be an episode. That's for sure. 
And I mean, like, it's, you know, you've got, um, oh, hold on. I, I had his name and now I lost it. Oh, you, and like, you've got on the crew side, you've got Dan Middell doing cinematography, which again, this movie is shot very well, but also in a very insane way. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a tone that you're either going to really hate or you're going to tolerate. I, I don't know if there are many people who would say they love how this movie is shot. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting. I wouldn't say it's fantastic, but Dan Mindell did a great job doing this insane visual style. And then you have Harry Gregson Williams doing the score, which at that time, I mean, I think mostly I knew him from like doing the scores for video games. Like I know he had done like uh, the Metal Gear Solid, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. And he had kind of done a few other things, but he, he, another one of those great collaborators that Tony Scott found and really glommed onto and made for a real great connection with each other. It's the, the combination of the cinematographer and the combination of the score. I think, uh, uh, I think the, the, the composer here, uh, Harry Gregson, what is his, what is his name? God, I suck. I suck. Harry Gregson Williams. <laughs> Williams, Williams, Harry Gregson, Williams. I was going to say Walker, and I'm like, that's not right. Uh, I, I think he's fantastic. I think he he really has a good sense of action. Uh, I think his his action scores are re- always really interesting. And I think this cinematography in this movie is, uh, I think the cinematographer completely understood the assignment. Yeah. Uh, whether or not I particularly enjoyed the assignment. <laughs> isn't the point it's i think he totally got what kind of vibe tony scott wanted the movie to go in and i think this is a really good visual representation of that feeling so that's yeah i will i will agree that i I will agree that i find it interesting uh even if i don't love it (laughs) well and i mean like i said i find it the funny thing that it was a tough thing for me to try to find a movie that we have dissenting yeah. opinions upon because let's face facts, both you and I talk about the movies we hate vehemently and they're, we are mm-hmm. kind of singing from the same, uh, uh, same sheet music on that one. Typically. Yeah. What I think is funny is, you know, we'll, we'll see if that holds up here in a couple of months, but as of right now, at least we both have seem to have the same, we didn't get it for our uh, end of the year show. Uh, a movie yeah. that has gotten a lot of critical praise uh, that I and you just didn't didn't gel with. Uh, we mm-hmm. won't reveal what that movie is, um, but that movie has been the source of a lot of online chatter this week uh, because it did make somebody's worst of list. Um, and <laughs> I wouldn't know. I just don't know that I can go that far. But yeah. it's a movie that didn't resonate. Uh, with me the way I hoped it would but we'll talk about that in March <laughs> well and again like I find it funny that I had posted that I had rewatched it and I said I didn't I I still don't like this and you agreed with yeah. me and then another friend of mine was like it's okay I'm wrong sometimes too so I'm like oh boy <laughs> this is gonna be a tough one. Oh yeah yeah oh boy what a what a movie that is anyway we'll talk about that <laughs> one later um 
I want to ask Jameson. So you you rewatched this movie to kind of get prepared for this episode. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that this rewatch kind of did for you as far as your appreciation of the movie? Is there anything that it did as far as like maybe things you didn't notice before? I guess kind of how did how did this rewatch treat you? I uh, it's it still holds up for me. Of course, mm-hmm. it is the funny thing. You're like. This is definitely a product of 2005 when your, your opening song is Exhibit. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I forgot. And then it's but it's still overall, it's a messy, weird film where, again, Tony Scott, you know, rest in peace, was a fantastic director who, like I said, this was kind of his time when he was just like, I'm throwing it all out there. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely could have probably it would have helped if there had been maybe 15 minutes of this movie chopped down bring it yes. under two hours like yes. at two hours it does feel a little flabby okay. and that is probably mm-hmm. my one thing i would say is it definitely and again like i said you've got the guy who wrote a movie about how uh a, you know how post 9-11 a weird future happens where there's a floating vehicle and the rock has weird twitchy fingers and sean william (laughs) scott is himself but he's also himself from the again like richard kelly is a guy who i would say doesn't understand that sometimes you just need to simplify things for better or worse but oh boy we'll we'll sometime we'll someday we'll talk about that but it's yeah it it definitely does suffer from being convoluted and just but overall i think despite the problems i think it's a unique visually interesting weird film that i would love to see uh shout factory or somebody pick up and give it a 4k restoration yeah yeah, I think it would look it would look pretty fantastic in 4K. I think especially uh, in like uh, Dolby Vision, the the, mm. the colors that are used would pop. Even though there's a lot of like a yellow hue to a lot of it, I still think it would look really good in 4K. Um, yeah, my okay, my 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 rewatch thoughts on this is that it's <laughs> not going to go on the naughty list. There there is no reason for this movie to go on my naughty list. It is not a movie that I would ever come out and say that i hate it's just a movie i don't particularly care for and i think i think the performances in it make it so that it is something that is really worth watching i think there's something between the three leads especially kira knightley uh mickey rourke and edgar ramirez that really makes it a lot of fun but i think that's also my my problem with it is that this movie teeters a weird line of uh with its comedy where it's just kind of like, Oh, ah, this is a weird thing for me to be laughing about, mm-hmm. or this is a weird thing for them to be making a joke about. Yeah. And that, that's, that's kind of an, an, an odd feeling. Um, but it doesn't make me hate this movie. So I don't, I can't put it on my naughty list. Um, I think it's, it's something that, that certainly is a, reflection of the hyper kineticism kinetic kineticism of movies at that time um and i think that this is a precursor uh when i watched this movie this time through i was really struck with uh 
Michael Bay and uh, Zack Snyder vibes. Like there are a lot of techniques used in this movies movie that those filmmakers uh, use and abuse so that all of their mm-hmm. movies almost look like this one does. Uh, this for me is kind of a somewhat of an outlier for Tony Scott. I think especially his early career, his movies yeah. do not look like this movie does. Um, but Michael Bay and Zack Snyder just overdo uh, a lot of the things in here. And I thought that this movie was uh, kind of a, a pain and gain-esque, which is a movie that I really like. I, I like pain and gain quite a bit. But I think because I had seen that one and, and that one resonated with me so much more, maybe that's why Domino doesn't like quite hit the way that you know it does for other people. Uh, but I, I sensed a lot of uh, interesting similarities uh, between those those two movies that, you know, it would make an interesting double feature because they're both kind of based on true stories. Uh, and you can definitely tell there's some there's some fibbing going on there. But uh, yeah, very entertaining. Well, and it was also definitely that the hype up of the shaky cam era where like, mm-hmm it was slowly becoming more of the norm to see in action. I believe the born supremacy came out a year before this. I want to say yeah. that was Oh four. And then, yeah, you kind of saw that style of action basically become going from, Oh, this is a weird, unique, odd way to shoot an action scene to this is a clusterfuck of a way to shoot an action scene. <laughs> yeah. that's 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 the best descriptive word to describe (laughs) and it is the problem that yeah especially shaky cam and at the very least you can say this about the action in domino you Mm -hmm. know where characters are in relation to one another during shootouts during the raid scenes like that is one of the biggest problems that you find with modern action is you've got a character Mm -hmm. in one scene over here and another one and you don't know in relation to this area where they are, but at least like when they do the break in on the house to nab a bounty, who's not there, you know, where these characters are, even if they're using weird split screen to pull everyone together. Like it tells you everything you need to know in the action. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, well composed movie. Um, I, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm not going to put this on the naughty list, uh, I think it's. Yay. I, I I don't particularly like it, but I don't hate it, and I think it's. I think it's fine. I think there are things about it that are really enjoyable, and I think too, if you, I I hate saying this. I hate saying this because I hate hearing it. But I think it's a movie that if you kind of just turn your brain off a little bit, you will really be able to go for the ride and just get caught up in it but i think you can't turn your brain all the way off because if you mm-hmm. turn your brain all the way off you're going to get lost because it's just <laughs> it it kind of like uh teeters back and forth on what uh you know uh where where the plot is going and i think you have to kind of be locked in a little bit to, to stick with it um yeah i was I I gotta say, I wasn't totally surprised that this was my response to it. I think that this yeah. is a movie, like I said before, like this isn't a movie that I always instantly think of when I think of movies that I hate, because it's not it's not a movie that I hate. It's just kind of a movie that I kind of, I don't know, I don't really, 
this is this is gonna sound maybe this is gonna sound worse, but it's a movie I don't really give much thought to. Um, it's just it's it's not anything that I really feel any kind of connection towards one way or the other. But I will say that I am glad that I rewatched it um, in a way where I actually kind of focused on it instead of kind of having it on in the background. Um, if you were to recommend Domino Jameson to somebody who has never seen it before. Um, is there a scene you would use as your selling point or kind of a theme to the movie you would use? How would you sell this movie to somebody who has never seen it before? Well, I'd first and foremost ask, what are your thoughts on Tony Scott? Yeah. I, again, like, uh, as I've said, like, I really do. It's the, un- we, we, I, cause I don't think we ever got a real answer of why, you know, why we lost Tony Scott, whether it was health issues or what that caused him to do what he did yeah it's it's a damn shame because he was a unique amazing director and if you are willing to give it a chance and you're willing to say look at something with some of the most insane visuals and also Kira Knightley uh, punches a sorority girl in the nose so great and she also also punches a 90210 cast member in the nose she's again like it's a great performance i would recommend just checking out something that was outside of her wheelhouse directed by a director who had a unique take on the material and just you know enjoy what is considered probably visual overload on dvd yeah yeah. Do you want to take another second, Jameson, just to kind of talk about your love for Tony Scott? Um, I know that if uh, if um, Blake is listening, uh, he will definitely be be championing or kind of banging the, the the Tony Scott drum. But do you want to take a second just to kind of discuss your your appreciation for Tony Scott? Because I know that he's a filmmaker that, like, really, for a lot of people, just stands out as someone who who is. Uh, created a lot of great films uh had a really interesting visual style like and like i said i i really like his his earlier work is what what really resonates the most with me because those were like you know the 90s action movies that were just kind of uh i was dialed into because there was a sense of more a sense of suspense to him than there was just balls out action and i think that's why i really felt hooked into him because it was like it was kind of counter to everything else that i was watching uh so that's kind of where why i love him and appreciate him but i'm curious for you jameson why why tony scott's work uh resonated with you and why it continues to resonate with you this day well i think part of it is that unfortunately his work gets overshadowed by his brother ridley scott where ridley scott yes i mean the man has created some of the most top tier movies we can you can spend hours listing off his great work but i feel as though that tony just there was something that was a little more unique to what he did i mean you know whether it was a, a a weird gothic vampire erotic romance movie starring david bowie susan sarandon and Catherine denevue whether it was him collaborating with denzel washington on multiple movies he always brought something unique to the story i mean 
even a movie that you could consider something lesser in his filmography, like The Fan, The Fan yeah. is still a fantastic, weird, I mean, it does kind of go into the De Niro is a creepy weirdo subgenre, which I guess, <laughs> now that I think about it, is a subgenre all of its own. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like, he always there was never a movie in his filmography where I would say like, it felt like he was doing it for the money. Mm -hmm. Even something like Beverly Hills cop two has a flavor to it. That is unique and synonymous with what he did. Yeah. I, I said this earlier, but I love Beverly Hills cop two. I love the first one and I, you know, gun to my head, I would say I love the first one more. But I think the reason I love two so much is because while it still is, you know, still is Eddie Murphy, still is the Axel Foley story, there is a style to it that is just so different from the first movie. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of hot. Like the movie just feels hot. It's it's really interesting. And maybe it's maybe it's a uh, Bridget Nielsen like just being the villain in it. But there's is, is I don't even is that right, Bridget Nielsen? Am I confused? Uh, yeah, that's right. That's yes. right. Bridget yep. Nielsen. I was I got her confused for a second with Bridget Wilson, uh, which would be completely different. <laughs> yeah. Uh not not quite as intimidating. Uh, but I, there's just some some kind of an energy with her being the villain and like who the other people being being the villain that it just has this real like slick style to it. I I will I will go on for days about how much I love Beverly Hills Cop too. So yeah. uh I'll 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 refrain. I'll refrain. Back to you, Jameson. <laughs> well, and again, like he he was able to take he made movies written by some of the most praised writers of that era. Like I said, he directed a Tarantino movie. He directed a Shane Black movie. Like these are writers who have their own unique style but he was able to infuse his work with it like again the last boy scout is incredible yeah yeah it's yeah. <laughs> it, it's just it's a it's a thing to look back on and you know you think about everything the man did whether it was something as intense as crimson tide something that might have been a little ahead of its time and made people a little more uh paranoid like enemy of the state yeah or just kind of doing a fun weird uh sci-fi time travel movie with deja vu shot like i think that was one of the first movies shot post katrina down in new orleans like he did some unique things and that's one of the that's one thing you can't say about a lot of directors yeah yeah uh just a a incre incredible talent that still like to this day continues to be missed um mm. just yeah gone way too soon um yeah just an incredible talent uh jameson any other things you'd like to touch upon before we do our our final segment which i uh am <laughs> am doing unannounced this is there is no warning for this, Jameson. You get yeah. you get put on the spot for stuff, so that's fun. But anything else about this movie that you want to make sure you talk about before we get to that last section? Well, I think we've covered a lot of it. I mean, in the end, you're it's definitely an experience that you're going to either enjoy or you're going to hate. I 
hope that anybody listening to this who you know watches it based off of our discussion i hope they enjoy it that's all i can say yeah i i really appreciate that you chose this one because like i said it's not something i instantly jump to when i think of movies that i hate like and i already have like a list of movies that i kind of want to cover in future installments of the naughty list um but this isn't one that i would have i would have considered uh but i'm glad that you chose it because it it gave me a moment to kind of sit with why i dislike it instead of just kind of having that memory of like you know oh do i i don't like this movie but it it was it was nice to kind of watch it because now there and now i know there are things that are that make it worth watching um and why I can't, I can't, uh, in good, in good faith, put it on my naughty list. I just can't do it. So, Jameson, you get the victory <laughs> on this episode. Uh, so far, I've been really <laughs> pleasantly surprised uh, with the movies that have been selected for the naughty list, except for Ready to Rumble. Uh, <laughs> I still hate that movie. I still hate it with a fiery passion. And even three people can't convince me that's a good movie <laughs> <laughs> so uh this one this one was this one was worth the watch uh but jameson uh you have already done the official fat five uh so for mm-hmm. the christmas season i have composed a list of questions that's not the fat five it's no. the christmas fat four so are you ready for the Christmas Fat Four, Jameson. Bring it on. All right, here we go. We'll start off with the toughest one of all. What is your favorite Christmas movie? <sighs> Ooh. Yeah. This is one of those where there is a lot at stake. I would say that the one that I've watched the most would be Ernest Saves Christmas, but... The one that I always feel the need to come back to is Scrooged. Yeah. Oh, good movie. This is a, mean, it's a hard it's a hard question to be asked. I was asked that question recently, and I just I feel like I rattle off my list of like eight movies that I feel like mm-hmm. I have to watch every year. Well, and also, what other movie do you get to have Carol Kane smacking Bill Murray around to the point where he says, the bitch hit me with a toaster? <laughs> it's so good. one of the greatest so lines good. in cinema history oh god I, I have to make sure i watch scrooge this year <laughs> i've got i've got to sneak that in this week um next question jameson do you have any uh christmas traditions that you really enjoy around this time of the year things that you you know either did with the family or things that you've kind of done do you have any any holiday traditions uh i mean Family-wise, it's the thing of, we were the weird family that opened presents on Christmas Eve instead of Christmas morning, which friends of mine were jealous of. I'm like, but yeah, but it's only like eight hours difference, but okay. So we did that. Um, Personally, I just, I like to dig in to watching every, all four episodes of the OC that are about Chrismica. I mean, <laughs> if you know anything about me and my friend Anthony Cousins, this is kind of one of our 
focal points of vehemently defending a piece of pop culture and yes i mean you i'm sure you see every year the same photo that i post of us that is from the oc chris mccann <laughs> yes um uh, uh recent guest uh who's now been on the show three times anthony hookman uh is starting a uh OC rewatch podcast with one of his friends. He did Friday Night Lights previously, and then he's doing the OC pretty soon. Uh, and I think I feel like I'm going to start trying to watch the OC uh, when I start when, when those podcast episodes start coming out, so that I can finally watch it, if for no other reason than to see the Christmas stuff. But I've heard that the OC yes. is fun, so well, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch it again. It's 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 one of those things that it's definitely a product of that. 2000s era yeah post 90210 like soap opera angsty teen stuff and there is something in one of the the first chrismica episodes that really even to this day pisses me off because it introduces one of the most hated characters on that show <laughs> but awesome. it's also the funny thing that i i i think i've talked about this before that i met uh an actress from the show and kind of became uh not i would say acquaintances uh, maybe she would say we're friends but i remember when everybody was crowded around her uh uh boyfriend at the time uh, charlie hoffheimer he was on mm-hmm. Mad Men. they were talking about that and i was talking with uh shannon lucio she played Lindsay in season two and while everybody's asking her about or asking charlie about madman i'm like so the oc i want some of the tea spill it <laughs> and bless her bless her for indulging and to the point where i would say like i said they've become some actually fun friends to hear from every once in a while oh that's awesome <laughs> so cool uh question number three jameson do you have a i, I guess let's let's try and think of the best way to phrase this do you have a treasured holiday memory or is that treasured holiday memory one of your favorite Christmas gifts? And then what is that? What is that memory? What is that gift? <laughs> oh, well, I would say it's probably the most memorable moment from a Christmas. I wouldn't say it's it's treasured in the fact that everybody else in the family finds it hilarious but I had received a present from my sister and I unwrapped it and it was this uh, action figure, this uh, indoor action figure with an Ewok with uh, the hang glider. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I'm like, wait a minute. And I looked over at my shelf. She had wrapped my present or she had wrapped something that I had owned and she didn't even bother to dust it beforehand. And of course, my family always jokes about how fast my head swung over to look at the shelf where it was supposed to be. <laughs> that's, that's really good. That's really good. That's that's your fruitcake story, Jameson. I think you've heard my fruitcake yeah. story. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. But yeah, that's your fruitcake, <laughs> uh, Jameson. The last question is uh of course going to be food related uh i've already asked you what your favorite taco or to construct your perfect taco so i'm going to ask you 
what is your favorite kind of Christmas cookie? Do you have a cookie that you prefer to eat during the holiday season? Uh, well, I will, I will typically take anything that doesn't have nuts in it, but yeah, I like myself just a typical cookie with maybe like half an inch of frosting on it, drawing up whatever yeah. it's supposed to be. Hell yeah. I'm one of those <laughs> disgusting people that I'm like, I, I want some uh, cookie with my frosting, please. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, uh, Sc Scooters has a frosted sugar cookie. It's not drenched in frosting, but it has a good <laughs> layer of frosting. But it only comes out like this time of the year. And I have to, like al almost any time <laughs> I'm out, I have to stop at Scooters just so I can get a sugar cookie because I love them. And they're just sugar cookies. There's nothing super special about them, but I just think they're delicious. So I have to, I've got to get my fix. Uh, Jameson, I love getting to chat with you. I, I am always uh, grateful for our friendship. Uh, so happy to know that you're doing well. Um, where can people find you online if they'd like to kind of follow what you're up to, what movies you're watching? Where can people find you online? Well, unfortunately, at this point, I have nothing except Instagram. So sure, you can uh, find me over at uh, SD Film Thoughts. I pretty much will screenshot a letterboxed. Uh, I'll screenshot the letterboxed, and then I will write my review after that. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun to kind of see. I don't know. It's always fun for me just to kind of see what you're watching, uh, because you do you do post it sometimes where it's like this is what I'm about to sit and watch, and if it's something that I've seen before, I'm like oh, like something I've seen that you haven't. <laughs> there's always this kind of feeling of like oh, I wonder what he's gonna think. I wonder what he's gonna think. There are other times too where I'm like, God damn it, he's lucky that he gets to see that. I haven't gotten to see that yet. <laughs> so it's just it's just nice to follow you on there. Uh, I will, you. I will, I will send more praises your way in just a second. Uh, I will go ahead and do my plugs really quickly. Uh, you can find Fat Dude Digs Flicks across social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, uh, whatever. Just do a search for Fat Dude Digs Flicks, and you will find me there. Uh, subscribe to this podcast, like this podcast, rate and review this podcast, share this podcast with your friends. I'm going to keep doing this podcast until I don't want to anymore. But man, it's always nice to get new listeners. Um, the best way to do that is with your help. So please, please share this podcast with your friends. If you do subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, please feel free to leave a rating and a review. Uh, that always helps get this podcast out to more people. If you do subscribe to this podcast, not only do you get Let's Talk About, but you also get the Criterion Break, where I am joined by Blake Ginnethan and Derek Nearink, and we talk about our love for the Criterion Collection proper and the Criterion Channel. We will have another episode coming very, very soon, where we will be wrapping up our Wong Kar Wai miniseries. Uh, just took us the whole year to do it, that's all. So, you know, you know how it goes. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, would like to do a recommendation, would like to be a guest, anything like that, please send an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. 
I would love to chat with people, love to get more people who would, who want to be on the show, have a movie that, that means something to them. Uh, I just, I just, I love it. I love having that opportunity. So if you'd like to be on the show, please, please feel free to send an email my way. Uh, make sure you check out Casey and Sam on the Screams from the Basement podcast. Uh, want to make sure they get a shout out. Uh, they are talking about horror movies every week uh, in one way or another, be it on with an interview with a filmmaker or just, you know, whatever uh, whatever floats their boat at any particular time. Uh, so check out Screams from the Basement. There's a huge like list of local podcasts that I really feel like I want to start um promoting like just just mentioning every episode it's just because i feel like i feel like the sioux falls podcast community is thriving um and i want i want more people to listen to these wonderful voices that we have in town so maybe after the new year um, i will start including that in the show notes so uh feel free to check the show notes for fun things uh that's gonna do it on with this week's episode of let's talk about jameson again Thank you so, so much for joining me. Um, yeah, man, I just, I really enjoy getting to have these chats with you. Um, it's always nice to, like, this is going to sound weird, but it's always nice, too, when we kind of go a break, like, where we're, we, like, don't really talk much, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll text <laughs> here and there. But then we have, you know, this episode where it's just kind of like, oh, man, this was good. It was great to chat with Jameson. I'm going to have to chat with Jameson again a little bit. So, yeah, I just I just really enjoy uh, getting these moments to chat with you. And uh, I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you're feeling better. And hopefully uh, you're you're even more on the men going forward, my friend. Well, thank you. As always, the pleasure is all mine to be here. We've it's hard to believe that we've known each other for, I believe, 17 years now. And it's just been oh, getting better God. as we go. Oh, my God, Jameson. 17 years. <laughs> 17 years. Uh, we 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 have someone who could graduate high school next year at this point, Jameson. <laughs> oh boy. Ah, uh, but yep, that's that's gonna do it for this week's episode. So make sure you join us here next week. Same fat time, same fat channel, and let's talk about movies. Thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.